I love um, hearing Angela talk about what time she gets up. She was telling me about what she'd done this morning, and I felt very inferior. I could only say I'd had two coffees where she'd, you know, saved the world before breakfast. No, only kidding. It's amazing, and it's wonderful. We are all wired really differently, aren't we? And that's totally fine. The thing is, though, that I want to talk about this morning is that... Um, I don't know about you, but I like hearing Christian, other Christians' experience of those moments, um, you know, when something dramatic happened, you know, the real writing on the wall experiences, the moment where God gave them a word of knowledge. Um, I was on a conference uh, recently. It was uh, the Evangelist Conference. <laughs> so just picture that. <laughs> it was just moment after moment after moment of people going, and the Lord said, and I went to them in the restaurant, and I said, Jesus says this, and they became Christians. And it was on and on and on. And that was the smallest thing of what you know was before me. And it is encouraging, but it can also uh, leave me feeling sometimes a little bit deflated and a little bit small about, oh, that hasn't really happened much to me. Um, And also a tiny bit nervous that it might. Is there one about you? Do you have that? Like, it's all right, God, I'd like to hear, but uh, actually, no. (laughs) And I don't know what following Jesus for you is like. Perhaps you are one of those people that have those amazing testimonies that you want to get up and share. You are the conference person who gets up and says, and the Lord said this. And I said, yes, Lord. Whereas more often than not, I'm the, oh, are you sure? I'm not, I don't think I quite heard. I just check with a few other people. Um, but we do need to hear stories, don't we? Sometimes we're a bit nervous about sharing ours because it feels quite small. Um, but I want to encourage us this morning that um, the small stories are really, really, really important in our faith. The steps, the tiny steps, are the things we should be celebrating. Because those big things are moments. Sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we think, wow. And then we have to think, but they lived 80 years, and that's one thing that happened. What were they doing the rest of the time? And I think they were doing the small steps. Walking with Jesus for me is walking. Sometimes it's crawling. Sometimes it's just lying on the floor. (laughs) But um, I don't know. And and the break dancing with Jesus, as I call it, is not very often. But the small moments, that's what we want to celebrate. So today we're going to look at Matthew 8. Uh, We're going through Matthew's gospel. Um, We've had... um, a lot of Jesus' teaching, and we've seen people go, you know, no one has taught like this before, and um, they've mentioned the words, he teaches with authority. And then in the second section, we're seeing him um, doing things with authority. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So <clears throat> we're at chapter 8, and starting at 18, and it's only a few verses, so we'll be fine. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. When a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, 
I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. So I'll pop that down there and we'll come back. Let's just pray a minute. Lord Jesus, uh, we want you to speak to us today. Maybe we're a bit nervous about what you might say, but I pray you'd give us courage to hear what you're saying. Open our hearts and Holy Spirit, speak to us today through your word. Amen. So here in Matthew's gospel, I'm going to put that there, I think, um, we can see that Jesus' popularity is absolutely exploding isn't it? There are hordes of crowds around him. We've seen all those people that he taught up the mountain and all of those and the news is spreading and people are coming from all over the region to to him for healing, for instruction, to see, to witness what's going on. And here we have a moment And uh, we often think of the moment as like a big, massive moment. But this morning, I want us to think of it as a small moment. And I'll show you why in a minute. But the first thing I want to pick up is his words. He says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Orders. Jesus commanded. Now, I don't know about you but I don't like being told what to do. (laughs) It can feel a little bit like a parent who says, because I told you so, and there's no explanation of why. Um, I don't like pushy leaders who tell me what to do, who I feel haven't really heard. Um, It's a bit of a trigger for me when I sit down and I've I've taken the moment to ask someone what to do. They've told me really directly, you need to do this, this, and this. And I think, yeah, you haven't really understood. (laughs) So we can struggle a little bit. And I especially do not like being directed in the car. I like to know, I know the best way, don't tell me. I don't think anyone can relate to that, can they? (laughs) (laughs) But Jesus gives orders. It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's not a suggestion, let's go to the other side of the lake. Hey, guys, why don't we go across the lake? How do you feel about that? It's, it says ordered, he commanded them. And we, that can feel a little bit jarring. Jesus says, cross to the other side. Now, I want us to think about ordering in the scale of 1 to 10. So if 10 is the most terrifying thing that Jesus can ask the disciples to do here, maybe it's leap off a mountain, no parachute, where does get in the boat come? (laughs) It's probably over here, isn't it? To be honest, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. They've done this so many times. It's nothing particularly New. I'm going to suggest it's a small moment. It's a moment of obedience. It's not a radical, although sometimes we read it like that, don't we? That this is the moment we decide to follow Jesus forever. And it could be, don't get me wrong, we can read it that way. But I think we can also 
Think of it as a small one. The small moments of obedience that come for us might be in behavior, how we spend our time, how we do our work, how we play, how we spend our money, how we rest. It might be how we think, how we think about ourselves or others. These are all small moments of obedience to Jesus, becoming more like him or that massive, that nice big word, sanctification. And it takes, slow, it takes a long time. It's slow. It's that partnership between us and the spirit. Stepping off the cliff is more rare. But stepping into the boat is what we need to do every single day. We often can hear people, or I've heard people saying, you're not the boss of me. It's normally in teenagers, isn't it? But um, I've heard older people say it too. And that's the very definition, isn't it, of saying, God, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. It's when we believe that what God's asking us to do is negative. It's not good for us. Going to the other side of the lake is not good. And we have two people here that are going to engage with Jesus, and we're going to see how they feel about his command to get in the boat. So, let us look first at, oh, I've lost my place. Here we are. (laughs) We're going to look first at person one, the teacher of the law. So, he says, I'm in. He says, yep, I'm in. I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says this weird thing, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And we can think about this, which you probably thought before, about how Jesus wants us to think first about what we're, why we're following him. If we think about this guy, he's probably quite academic. He knows his scripture. He considers himself religious. He's waiting for the Messiah. He wants a revolution. And he has been following Jesus around. And he says, I'm in. I'm convinced. I think you are the one. And Jesus replies, yeah, I am the son of man. I am that person you've been waiting for. I do have ultimate authority over the earth and over all people. I am this person. You've seen my teaching. You've seen my healing. But I want you to follow me. And the results of it are not going to be comfort and status. If you think that's the case, then think again. He says, I haven't even got a home. I haven't even got somewhere to lay my head. And if you think following Jesus is about an easy life, then think again. Do you still want to follow? Then the other guy, he says, I'm in. I'm in. I'll do that, but not today. He says, First, let me go bury my father. And Jesus says, hmm, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. It doesn't seem very Jesus-like, does it? If we think about Jesus, he's the one who wept over death. He certainly didn't take it lightly. He wept over Lazarus. He had compassion on the widows. 
He came to defeat death. He rose people from the dead. I don't think he's going to take death very lightly. So what did he mean? Well, firstly, we can assume the guy's dad is not dead. I know that seems weird. But this is more of an expression. And it means, I'm going to follow you when I've done all that I need to do for my family, when my father has died, when he's passed away. But more than that, all the things that come with my family. He's saying, let me continue to live for now, and then when all that's done, I'll follow you. I'll be more radical. I'll get in the boat. I'll let this go when all this has happened. If we translate it today, it's a bit like when I finish school or my education, I'll follow you. When I finish building my retirement pot and it's all in place, I'll follow you. When I've paid off my mortgage, when I've retired, when it doesn't cost me anything, I will follow you. And Jesus says, now is the time. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. And I want to point out that we don't know what happened with these guys. We don't have the answer. We don't know what they decided to do. Lots of people came to Jesus, and it was recorded the conversations that he had with them. Things like, give everything you have to the poor and follow me. Leave all that and follow me. Be born again. Follow me. And we don't necessarily know what happened long term. We do know that Nicodemus, he had an encounter with Jesus. And later on, he was there burying Jesus. We do know that the siblings of Jesus wanted to take control of him, thought he was crazy. And yet later on, they followed him. In fact, they, James, we know, traditionally led the church in Jerusalem. But we see example of two things that could stop us obeying Jesus. And I want to suggest that that's not just the leap off the cliff, but the little steps every day. And we can put them into material things or ambitions or social things, what people might think. Both can be barriers in taking that next step. When Jesus asks something of us, he can do it in lots of different ways. He can do it through scripture. He can do it through songs. He can do it through nature. He can do it through books we read and not necessarily um, the Bible, but just books that we read. He can do it through people we listen to as the Spirit teaches us, convicts, comforts, challenges. And at that moment, it's our moment to get in the boat, the small step to go to the other side. And for some of us, we need to position ourselves to hear. Because life is busy, really, really busy, and really noisy. And unless we intentionally position ourselves to hear, we won't. 
It was interesting that Angela said 6 a.m. she gets up, she watches the sunrise. And it reminds her that God is in control. God's with her. God's present. And I think that's a positioning herself to hear. And it'll look differently for all of us. Some of us have the traditional quiet time, a positioning to hear. Being in church is positioning to hear. But it can look like lots of different things, and it'll look differently to different people. For me, over my sabbatical, I was thinking about more how I'd intentionally live. And one of the things uh, that I came up with, I had quite a few, you can ask me later if you like, was um, the, the word seek. And it was about, the question was, how am I seeking to to be in the love of Christ? How am I seeking to be in that place? Like, how can I fit it in my life? Where is it going to go? How am I going to do that? Is it going to be pausing in the day to acknowledge that he's here? Is it going to be spending time in the morning? Is it going to be uh, taking a day a month to just sit with him and listen? But positioning ourselves to hear is important. Secondly, remembering that whatever he's asked to do, to change, to give up, he's with you. Now, sometimes we don't want to do it because we're scared. We're nervous. We're anxious. It can be small things like maybe God's challenged us on how we invest our finances. But we might think, oh, I'm a little bit nervous because I won't get quite the same return on that. And maybe I should be looking for my family. There are small things, aren't there? We're nervous. But I want us to remember that Jesus is in the boat okay so when he's saying step here just do this small thing we're just going to go to the other side he is with you he's in the boat and if we think about Jesus love incarnate the lord of the universe the one with ultimate authority and power what he's promising us is that he'll be with us Now, if we peek just below and we're going there next week, Jesus being with them was not very easy. In fact, it was terrifying. But he was there. And that's the difficulty, isn't it? It's still possibly going to be frightening to do this next step. Could be big, could be little. But you can be in the boat with Jesus, and it is quite frightening, and life is a bit uncertain. Or we can stay here and just watch him go. And he's saying, come, step in this boat. So it can be challenging. So what can we take? Well... Firstly, we may not feel like we have the most amazing radical stories, 
but I want us to keep telling our stories, the small steps that we're taking. I want us to be honest about where we think we might have got it wrong, how it was confusing, terrifying, because we all need to be encouraging each other to go together. Secondly, we want to be obedient in the small things. And I want to just say on that, you might have missed a small thing. And we're really good at beating ourselves up about that. The moment when Jesus sort of prompted us, we think, I think that was Jesus, but we didn't do it. Well, we remember that Jesus came to free us from condemnation. Every moment is a new moment. Just like those disciples who maybe didn't go at that moment, but did go later. They didn't step that day, but they did step later. We have those moments to keep following. And perhaps you're in a moment now. Jesus is saying, you've seen how I work. You've seen how I teach. You know that I love you. Now come follow me. We want to pray for courage to obey. That's where our house groups come in. To be honest. To admit our excuses. And we've got them. And to talk about where am I being open to hearing his voice. The small steps add up to the big moments. We can feel embarrassed. We can feel unbalanced. We can feel fearful. But Jesus is there with us. So today, let's remember that Jesus is in the boat. And where he is, is the most safest, loving, most transformative place for us to be. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to be honest and say we don't always want to get in the boat with you. That we are fearful of what might happen. And there are things that we are clinging on to. We don't want to leave them behind. But we want to commit to listening to you. To stay open. To make sure we're intentionally hearing Lord give us courage to make you or keep you Lord in our life trusting in your love and goodness to right the world in me and through me And we commit ourselves to you once again this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.